Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And this week, it is not what I was hoping we were going to talk about. Uh, I think we we might have teased last week as we were talking. I think it was um, was last week with me and Sarah and Annette. It seems like that's what it was. And we had talked about, we had kind of teased the idea that uh, we should have a, they call it a podcast takeover. I'm not sure that that's a good idea. <laughs> but it would be fun to have some of the players that, um, that, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. We do- talked about it for sure afterwards. But having some um, previous hosts and guests, um, Sarah and Abby and Allison and... Annette, and then me. <laughs> that's dangerous. It's a dangerous combination. But that's coming. We had some uh, illness and some uh, scheduling conflicts that did not play into that to work the way that I wanted. And so, bonus, <laughs> we're going to talk about my elders quorum lesson this coming Sunday. So, as I've talk, talked about in the past, my one of my several responsibilities in the ward is every month I get to teach a, and this is just kind of a a loose (laughs) interpretation of what I actually do. Um, My calling, my official assignment title is Elders Quorum Instructor. I don't instruct that much. I really lead the discussion and I have so much fun doing it. I have learned so much, gained so many insights, learning from the men in in our ward, in our congregation. It's one of my favorite things about uh, it's one of my favorite Sundays. I, my opportunity to to get in and really dig into some of the the discussions. The discussions are always based on a preselected by the presidency, a preselected talk from the most recent general conference. Which, if you are not familiar with that term, general conference is every. April and every October, there's a worldwide conference for the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so the leaders of the church have talks, they share insights, they make um, offers to uh, invite us to become better. And so the presidency of the Elders Quorum chooses a talk for each discussion, and then I get that assignment once a month to lead that discussion. It's it's such a great experience. And so I'm just going to share some of my thoughts, some of the things that I'm considering as we prepare, for, as I prepare for the discussion. So if you are a member <laughs> of my Ellis Quorum, uh, you'll get a bonus um, insight into what what's in my head. There's an email that should be going out soon, if, if it hasn't already. And uh, it will give us a uh, a starting point, maybe. So I usually will ask, I'll send out uh, a list of three, maybe sometimes four questions. We don't, in 50, is that what we have? 50 minutes in our, uh, in our discussion. There's, it's really not usually 
possible for us to dig deep into more than two or three questions. Sometimes I sneak a fourth in just because it's something that I'm thinking about. And then as I let some of these ideas marinate, then I may um, adjust. And they're not, the questions are not in any particular order. The, the questions are just things that are on my mind as I read through, as I listen to the talk. So the I'll link this in the show notes. The talk that uh, I'm referencing is from President Ballard. Um, Marvin, Marvin Ballard, what's his name? <laughs> I am Russell Ballard. Marvin, I think, was his dad or his grandfather. There's some um, relative there. That's that's the way I remember it. So, um, in Russell Ballard, he's the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So, from a, a church structure stand, standpoint, we've got the prophet, who's the president of the church. He has two counselors. And then the governing body, um, just below the, that first presidency, is called the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. There are 12 men. They're all apostles, just like Jesus Christ had in, in his ancient <laughs> his historical church. And so um, the president or the lead of that group is the person who has been in that calling or that assignment the longest, and that is um, President Oaks. He is also a member of the First Presidency, so he's not functioning as the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He is the president, but he is not functioning in that way because he's got other responsibilities. So the um, acting president is the next in seniority, and that is M. Russell Ballard. He gave a talk called Remember What Matters Most. And this is an interesting talk because he lists a, a handful, a small handful of things that matter the most. And I'm not going to address everything. I'm not going to um, focus on everything. I'll mention uh, the, the ones that stand out for me. And those are, first of all, the first thing he mentions is our relation, our relationship with deity, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I've addressed that in the past. Um, and so I may touch on it briefly because it a little bit plays into a couple of questions, but um, that's not going to be the focus of what I'm talking about today on this episode. Next, he talks about our relationships with people, our relationships with the people that matter most, and those he defines as family, and understanding that family is a very um, there, there's not a a consistent, ideal, perfect way to accurately define family. And so he just, he makes it very broad. This is your family. This is the people that you are, uh, have chosen maybe to live with that maybe a spouse and children, maybe, um, not. He includes a ward or a congregation family. This could be people that you minister to or that you are ministered, um, by a ministered that minister to you. Am I saying that right? I must be tired if my brain is not <laughs> going as quickly as my mouth is. Um, he also talks about um, maybe extended family. So there's there's a a broad way to interpret family. He just calls it family. And uh, we've addressed, I think, if we're not, then this may be coming up, but we've addressed the fact that maybe you are um, 
connected to family that is, is problematic for you because of um, a variety of factors. It could be uh, maybe there's divorce or there's infidelity or there's uh, unkindness or there's all sorts of things. And so um, I don't want to lump everything together. I'll just, let's just call it the people you love and the people who love you. We're just going to call that family just because there's not a better word that I'm thinking about. Um, so your relationship with those people, the people that matter most, whatever, whatever, whoever they are. Um, so your relationship with them, he adds on following the promptings of the spirit. Now, from a religious standpoint, the, uh, the way I would describe this is a nudging. There have been times that I've just had a nudging. I've been nudged. Um, I may tell a couple experiences about that um, as we go through this. And then the, the fourth thing he talks about is our testimony or our, our belief. What do we know? What do we f- believe? And what do we feel? And specifically, he talks about that in our um, relationship or our connection with deity. What do we know about God? What do we know about Jesus Christ? What do we believe about God? What do we believe about Jesus Christ and his atonement? And what do we feel? So, I want to talk... um, really about two of those things. I want to talk about our relationships and I'm going to make, I'm going to leave it very open. This is just going to be relationships, relationships with people. And I'm going to define a relationship as an interaction. We have people that we interact with. Those are people that we have relationships with. I'm not talking about, um, blood relatives, though that certainly could be an entity or group that, that fits the uh, qualification for you. I'm not talking about um, necessarily living arrangements or work arrangements or uh, neighborhoods, neighbors. Um, I'm going to talk about it just in general, the people that matter most, the people that are most important. Um, one of the things that I really liked about this talk is President Ballard says, he quotes, I think he's quoting his wife, and he says that um, the things that matter most are the things that last the longest. And I want to tweak that just a little bit because there are some things that maybe physical things, maybe um, like a, a home, or a car, things that last a long time, um, that don't necessarily matter. So I, I kind of want to define the things that matter most, not, not as the things that necessarily last the longest, but the things that you want to last the longest. And maybe that's a relationship with somebody. Maybe that's a, uh, a partnership with uh, a friend or a family member, a connection, uh, an interaction. You want those things to last the longest. So a question, and I'm, I'll ask some questions. I may answer some, but I'm not necessarily going to answer all of them. But how do you treat the things that you want to have last? 
And I think, in my experience, the things that I want to have last the longest, I treat differently. I treat those things differently. I might um, be a little bit more careful in my handling. I might offer a, li- a different level, level of protection for those things. And shifting now from things, think about your relationships with people. Those relationships that you want to have last the longest, how are you treating those things differently? It seems maybe commonplace that the people that we're closest to, the people that we're that we know the best, there's an interesting dynamic with the people that we know the best because we know them so well, we know what hurts them. And so when they do something unkind, uh, intentionally or not, we have very pointed ways of hurting back. And so if we were to take a step back and think about the the relationships that we want to have last the longest, how are we treating those things differently? How are we treating those interactions differently? How are we treating those experiences, those connections with those people differently? And if we aren't, should we? Should we, if we have a child, for example, who is um, hard to love. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard this described as uh, like a porcupine. You've, I've got kids that I've interacted with, not necessarily my own kids, or but there have been phases in my kids' lives where they act like porcupines, and they, which means that they want to have time and connection and affection, but they just kind of are bristly, a little bit pokey, a little bit uncomfortable, Dick, and they just kind of push people away. If that person is one of those people that you want to have a long-lasting relationship with, do you handle that differently? Should we handle those interactions differently? And, and I'm pausing because I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this for myself. And I think for me, the answer is, yeah, I want to handle those differently. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult in the moment <laughs> to be um, kind <laughs> and patient. I am so imperfect in so many ways as it, uh, as it relates to this. But that's a, um, that's a question. What could we or should we, but what could we do differently in our relationships, our interactions with other people in those relationships that we want to have last, the relationships that we want to have last the longest? Do we nurture those relationships? Do we invest time in those relationships? Do we invest energy in those relationships? And what does that look like? Uh, something that I have tried to do. I'm not always successful, but I try to go on a weekly date with my wife. Sometimes the weekly date is <laughs> we walk through Sam's club 
and um, try to figure out what's for dinner tomorrow. And sometimes we do something a little bit more uh, formal, a little bit more um, maybe adventurous. And um, I've tried to do that with my kids periodically to spend time with them and, and, and make sure that they're aware, at least they know from where I spend my time that I have a desire to nurture that relationship. President Ballard talks about following the Spirit. So I'm going to ask the question that I'll talk a little bit more about what I think it means for me. The question that I've been thinking about is how does following the impressions of the Spirit contribute to your efforts to nurture your relationships? So I talked about how the impressions of the Spirit for me are nudgings. Um, sometimes I recognize those nudgings as this is significant. This is something that I need to do. Many times I don't. I just feel like I've got to do this. I had an experience many, many years ago where uh, I was involved in a project at work and the project required uh, pretty much all of my time and attention. I was not allowed to take time off. I was not allowed to um, really work on anything other than this project. And as the project came to a close, I remember it was a Wednesday that we got word that the project wrapped up by the end of the week, we will be able to start allowing for vacation. And so on Wednesday, um, and around this time, I had just had this nudging that I needed to go visit my grandma, who was not doing well. She was living with my parents, um, not just homebound, but she was she was pretty sick. And I was getting regular updates from my mom that she was um, not getting out of bed. She was not moving around much. She was not really engaging much in life as she had before. And I just had this, the, the, the nudging was really, I've got to go say goodbye to grandma before she passes. And I can't describe it other than that. It just felt like something I had to do. And so as this project wrapped up, I took advantage of that, requested a week, the following week off, and uh, booked, booked a flight. It was very affordable for me and my young family. Uh, my sweet wife was kind and said, go. <laughs> I had young kids at home and she was very supportive. So I just showed up. I didn't even tell anybody I was coming. My parents didn't know. Nobody knew. I just showed up. I knocked on the door. <laughs> my mom was so stunned. It was so, it was funny because she opened the door and we chatted for, it seemed like several minutes before she even thought to invite me in. <laughs> mom, can I come in? Oh, oh yeah, sorry. So I got to go in, I got to say goodbye to grandma and, and it was just a really neat experience. And I spent a few days with her uh, and really I didn't have any interactions with her. I had uh, that, I think it was a Friday evening, sat down in the room, had a nice chat with her. And then on, I don't think I had any interactions with her up until maybe Wednesday of the following week, which was the day before I was to leave. I think it was Thursday that I left to go back home. And so, because she was just so worn, her body was so tired, I didn't want to wear her out by trying to, to engage in conversations. So I got to say goodbye to her. And uh, like I said, I think it was Thursday that I left, arrived home Thursday night or Friday morning, 
And um, if I remember right, she slipped into a coma Friday and passed within a day after I left. And for years, I had just had such a, um, a warm, peaceful feeling about that, that I was able to go say goodbye to, uh, to her before she passed. Years, years later, um, I realized, or I discovered that my mom had had some, some concerns because on Monday of that week, actually Friday, the day that I arrived, um, my dad had left the, uh, <laughs> he had left home with my youngest brother, Mark, and they'd gone up to visit, uh, my sister in Seattle, spent a few days. And so without, and this is my dad's mom, without my dad being there, my mom was just really uncomfortable. She just, and she'd been praying to have some additional support, uh, some holder of the, the Melchizedek priesthood to be there, to be a support. And, um, not knowing any of this, I knew my dad was going on this trip, but not knowing how concerned my mom was about it. I had just had this, this urging, I've got to go out and visit grandma. And so, uh, now knowing that this, that my visit was an answer to my mom's prayer, I can go back and look at that urging and realize that that I believe was a prompting of the spirit, a nudging to get me in a place where I could be a, a source of comfort and support for my mom. It worked out with my work schedule and my family schedule and everything else. And uh, it just coincidentally hit exactly the right time when she needed it. So when I ask the question, what does following the impression, the impressions of the spirit or how does that, how does following those nudges, those, those nudgings, the um, thoughts, the ideas that come to mind, contribute to your efforts to nurture your relationships. I think for me, nurturing my relationships takes effort. It's not something that just happens. And so those relationships that I want to maintain, that I want to have deepen, that I want to continue to improve, number one, takes some time, some time investment for me. Number two, I think I should, um, well, I'm going to say it a little bit different, a little bit differently. I think there's a great opportunity for me to invite these impressions of the spirit to direct me in how I can better nurture those relationships. Are there things I can say? Are there things I can do? Are there services that I can offer? Um, and a perfect example of this is Marcine, my sweet wife, who uh, sometimes as she reads quotes or she'll read articles and she just has people come to mind. So she'll send um, screenshots of these quotes or links to these articles to people. Hey, you were just on my mind. Wanted you to know I was thinking about you and here's something that, that helps support me and that may support you. And she regularly gets feedback that that's exactly what they needed to hear. Or that's exactly the message that, that helps support them. And so um, I'm answering the question for me, how does following the impressions of the Spirit contribute to my relationships? I think for me, it takes a little bit of effort. Uh, I end the podcast every week with, who do you know? 
who needs chocolate cake. I'm not going to spend a lot of time describing uh, the chocolate cake experience. Uh, it's early, early episodes. You can go back and listen to that. I may bring it up at some point later on, but on a regular basis, almost, almost every week, uh, as I make chocolate cakes, I will ask myself or I ask my kids or anybody else, anybody else who's around, who you know who needs chocolate cake. And the names that come to mind might be divinely inspired names. And so for me, as those names come to mind, not just for chocolate cake, but it could be anything. It could be a text message. It could be a phone call. It could be uh, a hello. It could be just a kind word. I think I can do better at looking for, recognizing, and acting on those impressions. And I don't remember if that's all that I wanted to talk about or if I've even talked about what I said I was going to talk about. But I think that's, I think that's, I think that's good for now. It's given me a couple things to think about. It's given me a way to really get my head um, focused on where I think I want to spend some, some time as we have this discussion on Sunday. And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your experiences. How do you nurture your relationships? Or how do you nurture the things, I'll just leave it wide open, the things that matter most that you want to have last the longest? What are some ways that, that work for you? If you have topics, if you have things that we'd like that you'd like to uh, to hear a discussion about, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me at Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And uh, hope it's a great week for you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider... Who do you know who needs chocolate cake?